Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at MileHighReport.com. And now, it's time to get to work. So, Ian, it is uh, finally the bye week, week 11, and the Denver Broncos are heading into the bye at 5-5. Five and five. We'll get to that here in a little bit, but I have a question for you. Um, well, before you ask it, at least the Broncos won't lose this week. <laughs> I'm not so sure. Uh, which is the stand? We have to make that joke, right? Isn't that the standard joke that we have to make heading into the bye week? Our team. I think still so. I think that'll be what every podcast and radio show host and TV yeah. journalist. I want to check that off the list. All right, ticking boxes. Here we go. No, we Mike plopped it out there and expected oh, it to perform. Look at that, bringing back an old school one. I like it. I'm I'm down with that. My my question is more about Broncos country, and it's about the fans. Does it feel? Like the Denver Broncos have broken Broncos country. Yes. Simple, simple yet eloquent. I like your answer there. It, I, I would agree with that statement. It does, right? Like every interaction I have with anybody about the Denver Broncos, it just feels, it feels broken. It feels like we are all of us as fans just beside ourselves with what this team has become and it is a a weird statement to make sitting at five and five one game back in the division still a shot at the playoffs I mean it's not like the season is over but as a fan I'll just tell you from my perspective I I I don't necessarily look forward to Sundays 
I might be looking forward to this Sunday more than I have most of the last few Sundays. Although last Sunday I was pretty excited because I had my hopes up after that big win against the Cowboys. And then they got spanked by the Eagles. And now I'm just, I'm in a pit of despair. I think it's more that they have taken away the passion. I don't feel like people care. I know the two of us don't care. And that's because the franchise doesn't care. That's because Joe Ellis doesn't care and hasn't cared. All he's cared about it is golden is his golden ticket and keeping it. It's not putting a product on the field that counts. Sean Keeler with the Denver Post wrote a great column comparing the Broncos to the Rockies. And if you actually look at winning percentage, the Rockies have won more games over the last four years than the Broncos. But it's the same mindset about how it's not about the product on the field. It's not about winning. It's about beer sales. It's about ticket sales. And my hope is is that people stop going. I mean, they're still going to get the benefit of the season tickets because that's what the NFL is all about. And the Broncos have sold out every game since the, the early 1970s. But I, I think the biggest thing is more so that it's it, it, that it's the passion is gone more than it is broken. Yeah, it's, I think that's really well said. Um, and it goes in, in two different directions there for me. Uh, the, the one that you talk about, the passion, if you look at what happened on Sunday with against the Philadelphia Eagles in Week 10, there were a lot of Eagles fans in the, in the building. And it wasn't because uh, – people didn't believe in the Denver Broncos. I think fans of the Denver Broncos who sold their tickets probably thought the Broncos were going to win that game, but at the same time, they weren't necessarily that driven to go. And Denver is a destination city. People like to come to Colorado, especially uh, when you start to get cold weather, although it was flipping amazing out. So I don't know. If, you it know, still is flipping amazing. Weather-wise, you it guys was, are in Castle Rock, it was almost in the 70s yeah. in mid-November, and it still hasn't snowed, which is why there's a fire close to downtown Estes Park now. <laughs> I don't mean to, to chuckle in at mid-November. Like, yeah, it's, fire it's, season is now into November here. It's pretty crazy. That's that's a whole other that's a whole other podcast, I think. But at the same time, uh, it is an interesting thing to note that the weather has been. Nice, but also that's not necessarily what you need. Uh, but it is sort of this. You're right. It's a lack of passion in this. I don't have to go to the game and I'm and I can't go to the game. I don't live in the area. I'm, you know, I'm a thousand miles away and I don't have season tickets and I work a job that doesn't really make it easy for me to travel on the weekends. And it's just, it's just not easy to go to the games. And so I haven't been to a game in a long time. Last time I was at a game, I was with you probably. In fact, I know I was with you the last time I was a game. And it was fun and we had a good time. But now fans are willing to just give their tickets up because they've got other things to do. They've got more important things to do. They've got things that are more fun that they want to go do. And that is that is an example of this fan base losing interest. And that's that's a big part of it. But then the other side of it, and I think the side that I'm kind of curious about is the side where you're talking about fans that are still passionate about it. Because there is a group of fans, and they're probably the ones that are listening to this podcast, even though it's a bye week, and they lost their last game, and they look like garbage. 
that are at odds with each other. It is a constant battle between the fans that are are going to hold on and bleed orange and blue and and every week it's die hard and they're tweeting about things and they're arguing about things and it feels like we can't agree on anything. And and I'll give you an interesting example here. I got angry when Teddy Bridgewater decided to stop playing football for a minute when they were playing and on the missed tackle, right? The the blown tackle, the I didn't even try and tackle play. And it made us angry. It made me angry because there was a lack of effort there. And I tweeted something about Drew Locke and put him in, even though he's on the COVID list because I was just not paying attention. And I got so many people that tweeted at me about, come come to our side. Like, it's a side. Like, come root for our quarterback because this is the guy that you should be rooting for. Instead of coming to Teddy's defense about the fact that, quite frankly, what we really should have been doing was being mad at Melvin Gordon because he flip and fumbled on fourth and one, but we're going to be mad at Teddy because he didn't make effort on, on a tackle. I, it, the whole thing, it just feels broken to me. The whole system feels broken to me from the top down. And for the passionate fans, for the people who show up every week, it's hard because we end up just fighting each other and, and that's not going to get anything done. That doesn't make it fun or enjoyable. I don't like doing that, but the passion drives you to like, want to argue with people about how good your side of the argument is. I don't know. It just feels broken to me. Well, and this goes back to Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon, where it's not about the Broncos. It's about being right. And that's what this is about Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Log. It's not about what's best for the Broncos. It's about being right. You pick the side. You want to be right. That's what this is about. Neither one of these quarterbacks is going to lead the Broncos to the playoffs. And I will state right now that Teddy Bridgewater has been the best quarterback the Broncos have had since Peyton Manning. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to win games. It's a low, it's or a that low bar. They're going to be a playoff team. But that that's what it's come to, where people are picking a side on crappy quarterbacks instead of just supporting the team. And that's because of the team. That's because of the decisions that have been made. That's because of who's running this franchise. Joe Ellis is still there. Hopefully he's going away soon. John Elway is still the guy running the shots. It's not George Payton. This year it is clearly still John Elway. For all the pomp and circumstance that we've heard from the PR department that is the Denver media now, George Payton was running the show. Well, we found out, no, that's not the case. So, I I mean, rinse, lather, rinse, repeat. I, I mean, I feel like this is 2016 all over again, where we have the Simeonites going against the Lynch, the Lynch supporters. And now we're back with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. And I get it. People are upset because it was a lack of effort. It wasn't... So much that he didn't, it was just, you can excuse mistakes, but lack of effort is what will be deemed unforgivable. I will state the guy almost lost his leg. Yeah. Fair. That's a fair statement. He did. And then people, and people will then say, well, Peyton Manning had neck surgery and he still tried to tackle Calais Campbell. I totally get it. I totally get it. 
but let's be more mad at the $9 million running back who actually put Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos in that position in the first place because he can't hold on to the goddamn football. And then when it's time to own up, he doesn't do it. Teddy Bridgewater did. Melvin Gordon did not. It wasn't like I should have held on to the football. I have to be better. George Kittle, when he fumbled against the Arizona Cardinals, held on to the football every day after that game against the Cardinals, before their game against the Rams. So it wouldn't happen again. We haven't heard any such thing from Melvin Gordon because I honestly don't think he cares, let alone, I mean, he does great work in the community. Great. He can't hold on to the football. So be mad at the lack of effort from Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater owned up to it. Melvin Gordon had a chance to own up to his fumble and didn't. I think I think you make the the perfect point there, and 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 it is the difference between one guy owning up to a mistake that feels unforgivable, which is uh, not not putting forth the effort, and one guy who doesn't own up to a mistake, which for some reason is forgivable because it's just something that takes place that was somewhat out of his control, I suppose. Like, defensive player made a good play, and he fumbled the football. Well, he shouldn't have been holding the ball the way he was, I guess, and there are a lot of things to be said about that. But it is sort of interesting to note that Melvin Gordon didn't stand in front of the media and say, I should have been better, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to – none of that happened. Teddy Bridgewater does do that, and he has done that ever since he got to Denver. Anytime he has made a mistake or something has gone wrong, he's been accountable to the media and – therefore accountable to the fans and and I respect that and in the moment the anger that you felt for Teddy Bridgewater for what happened makes perfect sense to me because that was one of the most shocking plays I have ever seen I've watched football for 40 years and that was one of those plays that I, I you cannot I've seen the replay several times and I don't believe that he's gonna score a touchdown on that and then as Darius Slate picks up the ball and starts going I'm like well somebody's gonna tackle him Somebody's going to tackle him. Somebody's going to ice. Nope. Nope. Nobody's going to tackle him. Even in replays, that's where my head goes. So that play is so crazy and so off the wall. Like I get the frustration and the anger in the moment and it does make sense. And you should hold guys accountable for that. That being said, I I, I do. I do agree with you. It's probably time to just move on from it because the other thing that's important to note here, nothing is changing. Nothing is going no. to change. Vic Tom Fangio is still <laughs> the special teams coordinator. Exactly. Vic still. Fangio's your head coach. Pat Shermer's your offensive coordinator. I guess Ed Donatello is the defensive coordinator, I suppose. Tom McMahon is still the special teams coordinator, which are you kidding me after just a, another debacle of of play? I don't understand it. I can't get my head around it. Teddy Bridgewater is Here, still your starting is- quarterback. On a, on a little tangent here, doesn't it feel like Vic Fan? And I, I saw this on social media, and I don't remember who said it, but Vic Fangio is like that, like that kid where you tell him to do something and he does the opposite. Ooh, like I oh know. oh, you want me to get rid of Tom McMahon? No, I'm gonna keep him. Yeah, but he's survived multiple coaches. Like Tom McMahon has been around for a long, for way too long. Apparently, Pat Mc, Pat McAfee, well, it's still sing, it sings his praises like multiple times on his show. 
like I, I get that the guy you you played for the guy, but I mean, what the hell is what is going on with Tom McMahon? Does he have stuff on got, all of these people? I, he's got to, or, or he's just a nice guy and people like him. And and, and maybe that's the case. I, I don't know Tom McMahon from a hole in the wall, but I, I know that when you are liked by people, when you are a well liked person, they will forgive your mistakes. They will they will allow you to continue to suck because he's such a nice guy. He's really he's really kind. I really enjoy his family. I really think he's a he's a good dude. You know they'll they'll make excuses about that. And, and I hate that. Well, I if you suck at your job, I don't care if you're a good guy. You're a good guy. You suck at your job and you shouldn't be doing it. Bye. Adios. Yeah, you believe in a meritocracy that doesn't necessarily exist because quite frankly in the NFL, how many retread uh how many retread coaches do you get? Guys that suck at their job but keep getting head coaches. Pat Shermer Adam Gase. Pat Shermer is always mentioned as a head coach candidate when somebody gets fired. Oh, maybe remember John Gruden? John John Gruden goes away. And what was one of the names that popped up as a possible replacement for him in season? Oh, maybe Pat Shermer. They'll bring Pat Shermer in to sort of really? Does he really I deserve a shot? Yeah, that. I would I wish they would have taken him. They didn't. They 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 stuck with whoever was they stuck with their special teams coordinator who apparently knows what he's doing. It's very frustrating. I can't believe I just got us onto a conversation about flipping the Raiders. God, how did we get there? Anyway, in terms of that return that you have Darius Slay, you know what it reminded me of? It's going to trigger a lot of old time Broncos fans. Uh Oh, that kickoff return of Dante hall where there was like oh. four block in the backs. That was that was you, there it was you triggered me because that is to this day it is one of the most infuriating calls. It is one of the most infuriating calls I have ever watched because there had to have been I would say a minimum of four. It might be six. Go watch it again. And I think there is another one that just happened. Just happened. Just Dante Hall just just was like, oh, did you block somebody in the back for me? I appreciate that. As as he's returning the ball and you're watching these blocks in the back. The call, and I don't remember who was on the call. I would have to go back, and, and I just remember it stuck in my head that they never once mentioned that there might have been a, a fraction of a penalty. It was clear as day at least four times that a flag should have been thrown, and it didn't get thrown, and it is. It is one of the most triggering of of plays in, in Broncos history because it is it is infuriating to think that people who watch football couldn't tell like the very he catches the ball and the very first contact you see is a Denver Bronco being shoved in the back to go past him so that he can return the ball like not just like bumped but a a full on shove hands out like boom what the heck oh yeah that was that was a triggering moment nicely done i, I that was a fun tangent so Let's 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 recenter. Let's write the ship. Let's bring it back. I have another question for you. Oh, fun! Yeah, Can I will you... say before you ask it. Go ahead. I hate the fact that this is where we are as Broncos fans. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it I mean, it, it, it it's not about any hope because I don't think there is hope until you get a quarterback. I, I get it that there's there's excitement for Javante Pookie Williams for Pat Sertan. For this draft, George Payton has seemingly hit on base, on every pick in this draft, which is phenomenal. Sort of. 
but they, they there's still no quarterback and now fans are pining their hope pinning their hopes whatever on Russell Wilson maybe Aaron Rodgers and then the draft and as for the Russell Wilson stuff when it came out that he wanted out of Seattle there are four teams that he w- was willing to take his no trade clause away from and the Broncos were not one of them how is that going to change now that Von Miller is gone and there are a lot of people on one on one million dollar contracts where the offensive line hasn't been that great he's been playing in Seattle with a horrible offensive line since Super Bowl 48 I don't think he wants to go to a team that doesn't put a focus or an emphasis on the offensive line because he gets that in Seattle so I, I mean I, here we are again. Here we are. We made it to the same spot we've been in the whole time. It's a carousel. Oh no, it's a carousel. All right. So here's my question. I'm gonna just gonna just gonna keep plowing forward. It's all we can do. Uh, at the beginning of the season, right? So we get done with preseason as fans. Remember the Broncos were three and zero in the preseason. Remember that? And uh, we went through and kind of looked at the schedule and did sort of like a guess as far as what we thought their record would be. And if I had told you that at the bye week, week 11, they've played 10 games. If I had told you that the Broncos would be 5-5, five and five, 500, right in the middle, and one game back of the lead in the division and still in the hunt for the playoffs, would you have accepted that as a, as a, like a good thing? Would you have been like, yeah, that's, I would take that? Without knowing what we know now, Yes, I would have taken that. But knowing what we know and what this team is and how it's looked, no. No, thank you. Put that back. I don't want it. Well, this is what you have, right? And it's an interesting sort of exercise. If you look at where this team is, the truth is they're not they're not out of it. The truth is they are they're a 500 team, mathematically still in it. And the division has nobody's run away with the division. They have all of these games coming up that will impact what happens in the division. And so five games in the division, five games in the division moving forward. And so they are actually one of those teams that I'm going to say it and you're going to be, I'm going to say it. They, they control their own destiny. That's right. Ian, they have control of their own destiny. (laughs) Talk about trigger. You triggered me right back at you. I wish we could throw that into the garbage and set it on fire. It is so dumb. And in a, I mean, it's- everyone listening to this knows that destiny is not something that you can control because it's not destiny. Then it's not fate. You cannot control destiny or fate. It is so stupid. There are so many things about sports cliches that I hate that is at the top of the list. It is so dumb. It it literally makes my head hurt. <laughs> I just had to. I had to. I I did have yeah, to. That well, we're, we're like Broncos fans. We're constantly triggered on That's something. Right. Constantly triggered and feeling very broken. So, but here we are, five and five, and and quite frankly, the division is not run away with it. So there is an opportunity, not just for a playoff spot, but even an opportunity to win the division. 
I, I know that as I'm saying that, if you're listening to this, you're probably laughing as, as I am trying not to. And Ian is smirking here. I hope it, everyone is laughing. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel like that's a possibility, but it doesn't mean it's an impossibility because as Kevin Garnett once shouted to the ether, anything is possible. So I think he said it with with less of the like, oh, anything is possible. He was more yelling, but I suppose anything is possible. Any given Sunday, the inches we need, yada, yada, yada. But I'm going to throw out another one. Okay. As John Belushi said, was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Yeah, no, forget about it. He's rolling. Uh, it's a <laughs> it's a good question. So I guess I guess moving forward, if we're going to move forward, if we're going to look at what this team could be, we've got to look at the schedule. Oh, we're going to look at the schedule and, and oh. actually think about well, what, what's going to happen. So we've got a bye week. And, you know, as we said at the top, they shouldn't lose this week. So uh, that's fine. I'm sure they'll find a way. Uh, and then there's there's the obligatory ticking boxes. I'll just check that off again. Um, their next opponent is the Chargers, followed by the Chiefs. Followed could by the, be, the Chargers could potentially be without uh, Nick Bosa, ooh. who's on the COVID list. There you go. Uh, who, who knows what's going to happen with that? Um, then they play the Lions, then they play the Bengals, and they play the Raiders, and they play the Chargers, and they play the Chiefs. Uh, that's seven games. In the next seven games, the Broncos have a chance to grab a playoff spot. Does that schedule they have a chance? Yeah, does, does that schedule make you think that they are going to grab a playoff spot? Absolutely not. Five games in the division. Five games against teams who are in the playoff hunt, as the Broncos are, we can wipe, we can take the Chiefs off the list. If the Chiefs look the way they did on Monday night yeah. against the Raiders, yeah, or on Sunday, I guess that was Sunday night. Sunday football, night, yep, Sunday night. That they they will torch the Denver Broncos. I mean, they they will legitimately put up fifty points if that's the way the Chiefs are going to look offensively. The Chargers. I think they may get one of those games, maybe. But do you, do we trust this defense against Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler? I don't. Given what given what the Philadelphia Eagles running game just did to this defense, do they do we really think that they're going to stop Austin Eckler? No, I don't. I am, I'm with you. I don't believe that that's going to happen. I I mean maybe the the Lions, but. I would take Dan Campbell at this point over Vic Fangio yeah. because I, I mean, it's the, I mean, it's the, the Lions, Lions at home though. They're there. It's in Denver. I, I do. I, I will say this. If there is a game on this, on this list, and I just named all seven games, if there is a game on this list and you had to rank the one that you were most confident in the Broncos winning, this is clearly that, that game. This is the one you have the most confidence in them winning. It's, it's a still game, not very high. It's a game at home against a team confidence. that has no wins. I, I that's one I would I would even put money on that one. Like maybe well, 35 cents. The Broncos lost to the Steelers. I mean, I if I mean I get it. It's it's different every week. Right. Correlation is not causation and every week's different. And, and the and, and the yeah. Steelers didn't have Big Ben, TJ Watt got hurt. I totally get yeah. it. But at least the Lions tied the Steelers. That's true. You got to give them credit for that. I I don't know that it really matters. I uh, uh, that, that that Bengals game that that frightens me because of what Joe Burrow and 
Jamar Chase <laughs> and Joe Mixon could do to this defense. Uh, yikes. <laughs> In yeah. Las Vegas. Yeah, going we to We just Vegas. saw what the Raiders did to this team <laughs> without yeah. a coach, and now they're going to have more. I mean, they like I said, they may get one of the games against the Chargers. They may whether it's here after the bye or in LA, they're not going to beat the Chiefs in either of those games. They're not going to beat the Raiders in Las Vegas. They're not going to beat the Bengals. So I, I think there, there may be two wins out of the final seven games. And I'm still not convinced that they'll beat the Lions, but maybe that's just me being jaded. I feel I feel the jadedness. Yeah, jadedness isn't a word, but we're going to go with it. You you are definitely jaded and I'm trying to I'm trying to hold on to a little positivity here because the only one that I think that they can actually win is is the Lions. I don't think they beat the Chargers once. I don't give I do not give them a chance against the Chargers either at home or on the road. I don't care that Chargers fans don't exist because this team is a better team than the Denver Broncos. End of discussion on that. What's going to be funny is there's probably going to be more Broncos fans in LA when they play the Chargers and potentially in Las Vegas than any of the remaining home games. I think that is very true because those are destination games. I like that, and I I would love to go to one. But, yeah, and, and, and again, it goes back to this idea that the passion is kind of gone, right? Fans are going to sell their tickets because they've got better things to do with their time. And it's the holiday season and they're going to go shopping and they're going to be with family and they're going to be, uh, you know, hanging out and, and doing things that are sort of more important to them. So it is going to be interesting to see what the fans do. But I think they beat the Lions. I think there will be more Detroit fans in in Denver than there might be Denver fans. But I still think they beat the Lions. And it's the only team that I think they beat moving forward. I have no doubt in my mind at this point, six and 11 is not just a real possibility. It's the record I would bet on moving forward. What's interesting is looking ahead at the lines right now, the Broncos opened as a minus two and a half favorite over the Chargers. It's now Chargers minus two and a half. So the Broncos have gone from minus two and a half to plus two and a half. That's a four point swing from when the Lions were released in mid May. Isn't it five points? I don't know. I was told there'd be no man. Yeah, but I think you got to add the halves in. That's sorry. I couldn't. I sorry. (laughs) I didn't have my calculator on me. I'm a writer. I don't do math, (laughs) but that's fascinating. I mean, obviously you're not going to bet. I I, don't bet a game this far out. Even if it's a teaser, I, I, I don't like to give betting advice. I just try to give information and let people make their decision, but don't bet a game this far out. And, and don't bet the Broncos either. Like that's just 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 be a Bronco fan and then look at other games because that'll make your life a little bit easier. All right, let's do this. Uh, we do have uh, other football games to talk about. We probably should take a quick break so that we can um, gather ourselves and then let's talk about what's happening in the week ahead uh, for the NFL, for the AFC West, and then we will ha- not necessarily have to say go Broncos because they don't play this week. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. 
because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, Ian. uh, Let's take a look at the NFL schedule this week, and let's start with the AFC West, obviously, like we do. Um, and there are some interesting games in the AFC West, uh, just sort of offhand looking at it. Um, looks like the first one on my list is the Bengals at the Raiders. Uh, that's a good game. That could be, be a one fun of the, game. Yeah. One of the more fun games to watch this week. Bengals have been really good. Joe Burrow is, is proving, I think that he was a good pick with the number one pick and how important it is to find a franchise quarterback, even though that's easier to find than a franchise cornerback. And uh, the Raiders, quite frankly, since John Gruden disappeared, they seem to be on a mission. Well, uh, the Bengals have minus their effort against Mike White and the Jets. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, <laughs> you get don't you get one each? Everybody gets one each season. The Broncos are just using as many of their ones for the future, right? That's what's going on with that. So yeah. anyway, ugh. and it seems like that one is happening every week. Yeah, they should they should check their schedule and recognize that they don't need to do that anymore. They can be done with that. And not yeah. just the Broncos. It's happening all across the league. And it it's like, well, who's it going to be this week? <laughs> Whose turn is it? Absolutely. But that should be a fun game. I, that is one I'm, I'm looking forward to. Um, and then the next game that we're both looking forward to as well is Cowboys at Chiefs. Uh, not a lot of defense in that game. You definitely like look points. at the over, yeah. which <laughs> – which means that it's going to be the under now because both of these defenses are probably it'll probably be like a, a 17-13 game now. Right. Everybody but I would upset. definitely lean toward the over. I would I if I was going to bet this game that's what I would bet is the over. But I I'm, I'm not going to bet this game cuz I, I don't want to have to I'll watch the game but I don't want to have to enjoy it. Don't make me. And then the Sunday night game is the Steelers at the Chargers and we just talked ad nauseum about the Chargers. I, I think the Chargers win this game. I think the Chargers are uh, legit. I'm not sure they're better than the Chiefs. The Chiefs have just had sort of a, a rough start to the season, but they got a bit of a head start, and I think the Chargers have a chance to to sort of continue to extend out their, I don't want to call it a lead, but just another win in the West, another step towards the playoffs. I will say that they're going to have their work cut out for them since they just lost to the Vikings at home, and now that place is going to be swarming with Steelers fans. That is going to be a Pittsburgh home game. There are going to be so many Pittsburgh fans at SoFi Stadium for that Sunday night game. It is going to be like they're playing in Pittsburgh. I mean, I I have no doubt in my mind. So that might be how it flips. Is, Is Herbert and that offense going to be prepared for the crowd noise when they are on the field? Because Steelers fans are obnoxious and loud, they're going to be obnoxious and loud on Sunday night. Absolutely. And and we've experienced it firsthand in, in Broncos country. The Broncos have had to deal with the noise of Pittsburgh fans. So it's it wouldn't be a surprise. Um, the next game on, kind of on my list is the Colts and the Bills. 
the the Bills are a team that everybody is is all in on. I think there's there's enough people out there that think they are legitimately the team to beat, and the Colts have a guy in Jonathan Taylor that might do to the Bills what Derrick Henry was able to do. This this game to me looks like an interesting game as well. I think it'll be a lot closer than the books have it right now. I'm I'm bringing up the odds right now just to see what it is. Currently, right now, the Bills are a, a touchdown favorite. I think it'll be closer than that. I think a lot of it is going to depend on the defense for the Colts and what they do to Josh Allen. If they're able to do what the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> were able to do, this game will be closer. I am curious to see what the Buffalo defense does against Jonathan Taylor because no one has been able to stop him. He is just he's on a different planet right now. Yeah. So I, I think that'll be an interesting game. If you look at the the Super Bowl odds right now, the Bills are at the top of the list for basically every team. I mean, every book has the Bills, if not the favorite, with someone else as the favorite. So, and then Josh Allen is the favorite to win the MVP at basically every sports book. So that's going to be an interesting game. And the game that I'm looking to is the Ravens, because when we did this show last week, I said the consensus MVP was Lamar Jackson. And then the Dolphins decided to, to, to morph into the 1972 Dolphins. Yeah, it was, it was like you you kind of gave him the kiss of death there. It was it was sort of funny. Like you you've done that a couple of times this season. I, I I guess we need to stop picking things because we're we're damaging everybody's opportunities. Um, <laughs> but we, we got to keep picking, right? We got to keep going. Um, the other interesting game I think coming up is you've got Cardinals and Seahawks. Uh, that could be super interesting if Kyler Murray plays. You mentioned that before we started recording. And then if Kyler Murray doesn't play, well, maybe it's not as interesting as we thought. Yeah, because I highly doubt Colt McCoy is going to look against the Carolina Panthers as he will against the Seattle Seahawks. And I, I think we saw Colt McCoy came crashing back to earth um, against – oh, it was the Carolina Panthers. It was, yeah, it was he the played, Panthers. It was, against the, it was against the 49ers. I doubt he's going to play that well again. So – the Cardinals need Kyler Murray, obviously. He's the driver for that offense. The game, there are some very interesting games, though, in terms of what does it mean for, for playoff seeding. The Panthers suddenly are now in the race for the NFC South because Tom Brady and the Buccaneers have crashed. What do the Browns do now that they've lost a few games? I mean, they should beat the Lions, but... You never know. The Eagles and Saints is a fascinating game. And in the Monday night game, you were talking about why why are the Giants on Monday night football? And then you remember they play in New York. So that's why. But how well, did they Tom play Brady in New Jersey, but whatever. How did how did Tom Brady and the Buccaneers respond to that loss to the freaking Washington football team? Who the Broncos think, beat, which means the Broncos are better than the Buccaneers. And I think I think Washington is still driving. Yeah, they are they still, still still heading down the field. I mean that that might have been one of the is, was it the longest drive you've ever seen? Well, the Forty ers had one on Monday night too, where they had like an eleven minute drive 
I mean, that that was fascinating. I, I mean, I've seen some teams beat up other teams, but legitimately, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers destroyed that Rams defense. Like, everyone knows what Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers are going to do. Sean McVay especially, since they coached together. And they still couldn't stop it. Even with Aaron Donald, Leonard, Leonard Floyd, Vaughn Miller, Jalen Ramsey. I I mean that 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 was that was quite the showing by the 49ers on Monday night with the way they were able to run the football. Did you see okay, so remember when the Rams tweeted out after they uh traded for Von Miller, they treated out uh, uh Teddy KGB going all in all in with the with the poker chips from Rounders. And you, you, I'm sure you saw that on Twitter. They tweeted out that gif <laughs> which uh, someone needs to, needed to tell them uh Teddy loses that hand. Um but <laughs> but also, uh, I don't know who it was that tweeted out in response, but they tweeted out the whole cards that they thought they were holding, and it was a seven-deuce offsuit, which if you know anything about holding poker, that's not good. You don't want to go all in with seven-deuce offsuit, but that uh, was, it was a pretty hilarious uh, <laughs> troll job because that's what it feels like. It feels like they were all in with seven-deuce offsuit uh, when they were playing San Francisco. How do you – how? Because that's a team that – on paper, I mean, you you got the Broncos' best defensive player, so you should be winning the Super Bowl, right? The the one that the image that comes to mind is from Ocean's Eleven, the the more recent one with George Clooney and Brad Pitt. And at the beginning of the movie, Brad Pitt is teaching poker to Josh Lucas and, and Topher Grace, and as they're sitting there, Topher Grace lays his cards on the table and he says, "Guys, guys, all reds." You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.